Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Corinthians chapter 2. I ministered on this last Sunday, uh, and I want to go back and kind of pick up this theme and then uh, go in the direction he has for us tonight. He said, and I, brethren, this, of course, is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech... And my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Like I said last Sunday, when the apostle Paul uh, went out to preach the gospel, he had determined something. He had made a decision. Even though he was a very learned man, even though he was highly educated, even though he was schooled in uh, the philosophies of his day and, and steeped in religious teaching and philosophy, he said, I determined, I decided that when I came, I would not come with excellence of speech. He said, I, I determined that I would not come and try to wow you with my great skills of of." Uh, of uh, speech and so forth. He said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. He's not talking about uh, uh, fear of something in the natural. He's talking about fear of God. He said, I came in myself with human, I put my human ability aside and I came totally dependent upon the Lord. I was weak in myself, but I was strong in him. I came in weakness and in the fear of the Lord and in great trembling. He, he came trembling at the presence of God, trembling at the power, with the power of God. And he said that uh, his speech and his preaching were not with enticing words or persuasive words of human wisdom. He said, I didn't come to try to impress you with my, uh, with my wisdom, the wisdom of men. But my speech and my preaching were in demonstration of the spirit and demonstration of power that your faith should not come or be, that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. He said, the demonstration of the spirit and of power we know the word demonstration means to make something clear, to make it visible, to, to, to make it fully uh, uh, presented or, or recognizable, to make it clear. He said that there is a making clear of the Spirit, a full display of the Spirit. He said my speech and my preaching were in display of the Spirit and of God's power. God, God, the Holy Spirit, I said this last week, God didn't send the Holy Spirit to be a secret agent in the church, lurking in the shadows, 
doing his work. Nobody knows what he's doing, but this, you know, there's some results and things happen. We don't know how it happened. Holy Spirit's just sort of moving around in the background. No, the, the Holy Spirit was sent to be out front to take the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and reveal them to us and to demonstrate himself, to reveal his power. That's how the power of God is revealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the revealer. The Holy Spirit is the demonstrator of the power of God. Why does God want to demonstrate himself? We said last week that that when the Holy Spirit is allowed to move, he will show up, he will show off, he will demonstrate himself. Well, why? Is he just that egotistical that he just wants to, you know, to, 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 uh, to have all the focus on him? No, first of all, he turns all the focus to Jesus. He does that so that he, and he always points people to the Lord Jesus Christ. In everything that he demonstrates, all of his power, all of, uh, of the things of the spirit are, are done and it's demonstrate, demonstrated to point people to Jesus. And because God wants to bless people. Amen. That's why God wants to demonstrate his power. He wants to demonstrate his power not so that we can look and be and be amazed at his power per se, but so that we can receive from him. God wants us to trust him. God wants us to trust him in everything. He said that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God wants people's faith to be in the power of God. God wants people's faith to be in, in his power, not in their ability. God does, when you're sick, God wants your faith to be in his power, not to be in other things. He wants us to turn to him first. Before we, before we seek any other remedy, he wants us to first of all have faith in him. He wants us to have more faith in him than we have in medicine. Now, we're not opposed to medicine. You know, the medical sciences have all been established to do people good. There's nothing wrong with, with, with that and thank God for what they've been able to do. But there is a higher power than medicine. And God wants his people to be dependent upon him, not dependent upon the doctor, not dependent upon medication, not dependent upon treatment, but to be dependent upon him. He said that your faith would be in the power of God. God wants us to have faith in his power. He wants us to look at his power first. When we're sick, he wants us to look at his power for healing. When we're in need, he wants us to look for his power in in, in providing for us. He doesn't want us to look for, for alternative methods in order to bless ourselves. He doesn't want us to look to our job. He doesn't want us to look to take on more hours, to take on a second job, to see if we can cut back on our finances, cut back on our tithes and offerings so we can make things work. He wants us to look to him to believe in his power. Where our finances are concerned, where your family is concerned, wherever, whatever need is, that our faith would be in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That your faith would not be in the wisdom of men. We could add that your faith would not be in the strength of men, that your faith would not be in the, in the provision of men, that your faith would not be in the remedy of men or of natural things, but that your faith would be in God's remedy, God's power, God's provision, God's everything. 
that your faith would not be in men but in him. Amen. That your faith would be in the power of God. Amen. We pointed out that faith in God's power will result in expecting his power. I'll say that again. Faith in God's power will result in us expecting God's power. Some people have lost their expectation of God's power. Faith in the power of God will make you look for his power. It'll make you think about his power. It'll make you prepare yourself for his power. It'll make you expect his power to be in manifestation in your life. And if you don't expect it to be in manifestation in your life, I think it's a safe thing to say you're not, you don't have faith in his power. That your faith would be not in the things of men, but in the power of God. Faith in God's power expects God's power. Yeah. Faith in the power of God means expectation. Faith in the power of God means experience. Amen. Faith in the power of God will cause you to experience the power of God. If you're not experiencing the power of God, you need to check up on what your faith is in. If you're not experiencing the power of God, you need to find out what it is you have faith in because we all have faith in something. And he said we're not to have faith in men or have the faith. We're supposed to have faith in his power. What do you expect? What have you experienced? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We said faith in the, in the power of God will result in participating in the power of God. In other words, yielding to the power. If you have faith in the power of God, you'll yield to that power. When you sense the power of God moving upon you, you will yield yourself to it. You will give yourself over to it. Why? Because you have faith in it. Because you know when the Spirit of God moves on you that that his power will be in manifestation as you yield to it. God doesn't move on us just to move us around. He doesn't move on us just to get us moving. He moves on us so that we will yield to him, yield to that moving so that his power can come forth. People that don't yield to the spirit of God don't yield because they don't have faith in the power. Uh, Natalie told us this morning that last Sunday, I, I didn't notice, I was up here, I was looking the other way, I didn't see her come up, I just turned and saw that she was laying on the floor. I thought she had come up and just fallen out under the power. So I asked her after church, I said, what were you doing up there? I didn't see you come up there. She said, the Lord told me to come up there and to just lay down, you know, put my face in the carpet. Just, and so she, she did and she said, she told me this last Sunday night, she said, and, and Jesus came to me. She said, Jesus was there. Glory to God. Well, well, see, if she hadn't had faith in the power of God, she wouldn't have obeyed the prompting of the Spirit of God. She obeyed it because she had faith in him. She had faith in his power. She had faith that if he moved upon her, there would be a reason and that if she yielded to it, he would show up. Oh yeah, She didn't know what he was gonna do, but she came away healed. Received a, a major healing in her body because she yielded herself to the power and she yielded herself to the power because she had faith in it. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Faith in the power of God doesn't just sit there when the spirit moves. 
I said faith in the power of God doesn't just sit there when the power of God is moving, when the spirit of God is moving. Faith in the power of God will participate in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When the spirit of God moves, if you won't yield to it and flow with it and obey and yield to whatever the Spirit's wanting you to do, you won't see the power. The power will, will not, that, that power uh, flow will not take place. You may, you may sense the power moving upon you, but it won't come to completion. The, the end result will not take place. The final transaction will not be, will not be uh, 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 completed until you yield to it and act on it. And when you do, boom, the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory. I hadn't thought of any of this tonight. I mean, I had this written down, but I didn't know it was this good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. Faith, faith in the power of God will bring his power on the scene. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Last Sunday night, we talked about demonstrations of the Spirit. He said, when I came to you, I didn't come with, with uh, uh, excellence of speech or of human wisdom or persuasive uh, human wisdom, but I came in my speech and my preaching were in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And we talked about the fact that there, there are two categories, if you want to call it this, there are two categories of the power or two categories of the demonstration of God's spirit. God demonstrates himself and in, in, in you can put his demonstrations in two categories. One would be physical demonstrations and we talked about that last Sunday night. Do you, do you remember that? There are all kinds of, of physical demonstrations, the way the Holy Spirit will move and, and he will demonstrate himself by moving upon you to do certain things. But then there are also what, what we can refer to as spiritual demonstrations. There are physical demonstrations and then there are spiritual demonstrations. Go over with me to the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These spiritual demonstrations we also call manifestations of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit. Manifestations and gifts of the Spirit you could say are spiritual demonstrations. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now concerning spirituals, brethren, spiritual things, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities or operations or workings is the way I like to say it because it says it is the same God who works all in all. That word works is the same word that's translated activity. So I like to read it that way. And there are diversities of workings, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. We call these, and then he lists nine manifestations of the Spirit. We call them gifts of the Spirit. He called them gifts of the Spirit. Notice he said there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
And then he said, and, and, they're, and they're outlined here in verses eight through 11. And then he says there are differences of ministries and those are outlined in verses 28 through, through uh, verse uh, 30. And then there are uh, workings of the spirit. We see them primarily in the 14th chapter. So he gives us kind of an outline uh, of, uh, of the verses that are to follow. But let's focus on the manifestations of the spirit. These manifestations of the spirit are gifts of the spirit. Most people refer to them as the gifts of the spirit and that's fine because he does say that. But I like, to, I like to use the designation manifestations of the Spirit because it helps me understand how these things come, how they work, how they operate. They're not, they're not manifestations of anything that's of, uh, of a human element. They're manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so he starts listing these manifestations of the Spirit. He said the manifestation, verse 7, of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, and we could say by the same Spirit. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning the spirits, according, again, by the same Spirit. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice the manifestation of the Spirit is given. See that in verse seven? The manifestation of the Spirit is given. And there's a sevenfold, manifest, or excuse me, a ninefold manifestation of the Spirit. We listed here nine gifts or nine manifestations of the Spirit. And he said, but one in the same spirit, verse 11, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice it didn't say if he wills. It says as he wills. That's telling me that he wills. I said that tells me he wills. He wills. The Holy Spirit is willing. Amen. The Holy Spirit is always willing. Glory to God. Now he lists these nine manifestations of the Spirit. I want us tonight to focus on three of them. You know that just for the sake of analysis, we can divide or separate these nine gifts into three groups of three. Three of the gifts of the Spirit have to do with utterance. They're what we call vocal gifts, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. These are, these are three gifts of the Spirit that say something. They're vocal. They're, 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 uh, they have to do with, with utterance. Then there are three gifts of the Spirit that have to do with revelation, supernatural revelation, three gifts that reveal something. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are gifts that bring supernatural revelation. So they're, they're gifts that reveal something. Then, then there are three gifts that are power gifts. There's the gift of special faith, the working of miracles, and gifts of healings. These are three gifts or manifestations of the Spirit that do something. They're power gifts. So three gifts say something, three gifts reveal something, and three gifts do something. Well, let's, let's talk about the power gifts. I am of a firm Belief. I have a firm conviction 
that the Spirit is speaking to us and telling us to expect demonstrations of power. Demonstrations of power would be demonstrations of these power gifts, wouldn't they? Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with with human excellence or human ability. I came in, in my speech and my preaching were accompanied with demonstrations of the Spirit, accompanied by demonstrations of the Spirit and demonstrations of power. If you read through the book of Acts, you'll see that wherever he went, God demonstrated his power. When when Paul and his company finally made it back to Jerusalem, they gave a report to the elders in Jerusalem of all that God had done through their ministry in in that first missionary uh, uh, journey that they went on, that first missionary outing. And it said that that, uh, they gave testimony of all that God had done through mighty signs and wonders. So there were demonstrations of the Spirit. There were demonstrations of power. The church today needs faith in his power. He wants us to have faith in his power. Why? Because he wants to bless us and he wants us to depend upon him first and foremost. Before and above anything else, he wants us to have faith in his power, his power to save. Listen, he can save your backslidden and and, and lost loved ones. He can heal your body. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He can make everything right that's wrong in your life. His power can move in your life and bring about a total renovation of your whole life. His power is that he wants us to believe that. He wants us to trust in him to do it. Amen. Amen. Before we look to anything else, our first response should be, God, what do you say? God, what do you want to do? Praise the Lord. God, my faith is in you. My faith is in you to deliver me. Amen. Demonstrations of of the power of God would most certainly include demonstrations of the power gifts. I said demonstrations of God's power would most certainly include and, and, and be uh, primarily revealed through his power gifts. Those would be the way his, his power is revealed. Those, the, the power gifts is the way God's power will be demonstrated. Amen. That's what they are. They're power gifts. They demonstrate his power. Hallelujah. I I, I firmly believe in this year, in this year, in 2016, that God is wanting to demonstrate some things. God is is stirring us up. Now, he's always wanted to do it. But I believe he's stirring us up. He's bringing us, there's a consensus. there's There's a common knowing, a sense that, that's in uh, all of our hearts, I believe, that God is wanting us to, to experience his power and, and that in this year that he wants to really demonstrate that in a fresh way and in a greater way than we've ever seen. None of us have ever seen all of his power. Now, I don't mean his power to create the universe. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about demonstrations of the spirit and power. None of us have, all, have seen all of it. None of us have experienced all. In fact, we've experienced a little tiny, little sliver of it. 
and he wants us to experience more. Yeah, demonstrations of the spirit and of power. Everybody say power. These power gifts bring, these power gifts are manifestations of the spirit where he manifests his power to deliver, power to uh, heal, power to set people free. Amen. If you look in the ministry of Jesus, you see that he had power gifts. He had all nine gifts of the spirit working. But tonight we wanna focus on the power gifts. He had, he had the power of God working in his life and he demonstrated it through power gifts. Remember whenever, uh, after he had been tempted by the devil for 40 days and, and, and uh, he ran the devil off by quoting the word of God, he returned, the Bible says, Luke chapter four, he returned to the temple in the power of the spirit and he stood up and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. Well, that anointing is power. Amen. That's what the anointing is. It's the power of God. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me. His power has come upon me to heal the brokenhearted. His power has come upon me to declare, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, the opening of the prison doors, the the opening of the eyes, glory to God, to setting free those who are bound and crushed. He said, that's what the power of the Lord, the anointing is upon me to do. And he went out and did it. He went out, but not in his own strength. He didn't go in his own ability. He went out in the demonstration of the power of God. That you have to always, you have to always, always bring yourself back to this realization. You have to school yourself in. And you have to remind yourself over and over and over that what Jesus did, all the miracles he did, all of the great things that he did, all of the wonderful works he did, he did not do it by inherent uh, ability of deity. That's what the church world believes. The church world, every time they read of a miracle, they think, ooh, that was God. They, the church world, as a, as, a, as a general rule, anytime they read of a miracle or something happening, they think this was deity on display. It was not. Jesus did not do it because he was God, though he was God. He never ceased to be God, but he did not operate as God. He operated as a man. He came in the flesh... He was fully made like us in every way. He laid aside his, his mighty power and glory as deity, though he, he maintained his deity. He just laid aside the power and the glory of it, the divine prerogatives, the special things that, that would uh, uh, inhere to him because he was God. He laid those things aside and, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can see that because in the first 30 years of his life, he didn't perform any miracles. He didn't cast out any devils. He didn't raise anybody from the dead. He didn't heal anybody. He didn't exercise any extraordinary knowledge or wisdom or or insight or know how to answer people in in marvelous ways. He didn't exhibit any of that for 30 years. He was just as much God in in those 30 years that he was as he was later. It wasn't until he was 30 years old and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him. That's when he stood up and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And he went out in the power of that anointing and did great things. Well, if it was because of his deity, he would have been doing them all along because he'd always been God. No, he did it as a result of the, of the power of God operating through him and he operated in the power of God through the power gifts. 
these three gifts, these three power gifts were in manifestation in Jesus' life. The Bible knows no Christ but the Spirit-empowered Christ. The Bible knows no Christ but the Spirit-empowered Christ. The Spirit empowered him to do what he did. Let's examine real briefly, not to be real technical, but just examine what are, these, what are the nature of these gifts of the Spirit. He said to another faith. Well, the, the gift of faith. There's a gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit that enables a person to receive miracles. The amplif- I like the way the Amplified uh, says this. It says, to one is given special faith. That's not in the original Greek, but I think it's good the way the Amplified, they, they add that so that we can understand what it's talking. It's not talking about ordinary faith. I'm, and I'm talking about ordinary Bible faith. The kind of faith that I'm talking about when we, when we show the visitor's handbook and we say the Bible kind of faith. This book will tell you about the Bible kind of faith, God kind of faith. That's, that's ordinary Bible faith. But there is an extraordinary Bible faith that comes as a gift. This kind of faith, anybody can lay hold of. The faith that comes from reading the word and, and having your, your faith built to believe God, to meet your need and to, and to receive what you need from God and to act on his promises. That's a faith that anybody can receive. It's available. But notice, these gifts come as the Spirit wills. For to one is given and to another is given. And, and he divides these, these nine gifts individually as, his, as he wills. So you can't just lay hold of a gift. It has to come by the will of the Spirit. Well, that's different than ordinary faith because ordinary faith, you, can, you don't need God to move on you. You don't need his, uh, his, you know, a special uh, 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 provision of the Spirit. He doesn't need to divide that or distribute that to you. It's right there in the Word. Just go get it. Go get faith. You need faith, go in the Word and get it. But there is a an operation of this kind of faith that is extraordinary and it comes as the Spirit wills. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting the same kind of faith that you have ordinarily when you read the Bible. When you read the Bible and faith comes, you're exercising the God kind of faith, but there's an operation of the Spirit where the Holy Ghost comes upon you and he begins to manifest that faith. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in the gift of faith, that gift of special faith. It's, it's all faith is all of God, the, all of the God kind of faith is the same faith. God doesn't have different kinds, but there's a different measure. And it's a greater measure when the Holy Spirit moves in the gift of faith, there's a greater measure and it's because the Holy Spirit manifests that faith. And when, that's, when that gift is in operation, it enables people to receive miracles. It's a miracle receiving faith. It's not ordinary. It's way beyond the ordinary. If you've ever, had, if you've ever experienced it, you, you know the difference. The Spirit of God comes upon you and suddenly, you, you know, you, you, feel, you, you feel like Superman. 
I mean, there's whatever it is that that uh, you're that you're going after. It, it's like. Uh, you know, every heaven and earth passes away. You know that nothing is going to stand between you and victory. There's something that takes hold of you that's beyond the ordinary. Doubt leaves your mind. You can't even think thoughts of doubt. You can't even conceive of not getting the answer. It's, it's the spirit of God and it enables you to receive a miracle. Both special faith and the working of miracles, both of those two gifts of the spirit involve miracles. Both of them are miracle gifts. Special faith receives a miracle. Well, what's the other one? Working of miracles. The working of miracles is a, is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit that, and what is a miracle? Let's just back up. A miracle is a divine intervention, a divine setting aside, if you will, of natural laws. A miracle is a divine intervention, a setting aside, a, a supernatural overcoming of natural law. Natural law says you can't walk on water unless it's frozen. <laughs> you can't walk on liquid water. That's a natural law. But whenever, but whenever the working of miracles is, is in, in, uh, operating, you can operate in the miraculous and you do something. The working of miracles actively works a miracle. Special faith passively receives. Now, I say passively in the sense that it doesn't work the miracle. It just receives it. It's, passive, it's, it's active faith, but it's a passive receiving. You just sit back and, 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 and believe it. You just believe it. You receive miracles. Well, praise God. In 1950... In a, in a tent revival in Rockwall, Texas, Kenneth Hagan was just a, a young evangelist at the time and he was conducting this revival and he was caught up into heaven. And he, he was, well, he was caught away. At one point, he had, there was three different parts of this, to this experience and one part he was in heaven. But, but this part here that I'm talking about, he was just caught away in the spirit. And he said he was out, he, he was out on like, like on a, a plain somewhere, like out west, you know, where there's the great plains, plains, and you, you can't, you can, as far as you can see any distance, all, all the way around, there's nothing, all the way to the horizon. And I won't go into, to, into everything that happened, but in this epic vision, uh, uh, it was communicated to him, and the Lord said that in the last days before the, Lord, the, the return of the Lord, he said, uh, we would come to a time of miracles. He said, it's, it's time for the working of miracles to come into prominence. The working of miracles. Hallelujah. And he said that, that uh, the days were growing uh, close and he said he was coming quickly and that this was the last great revival and he said that the time that was left could be comparable to the, to the last seven days of Noah's generation. Well, that was 65 years ago, this past September. And he said that the time that's left would be comparable to the last seven days of Noah's time. Well, you know, you can, you can, you can kind of add that up and, and 
figure that, that we must be getting close to the end. That's been 65 years. It'll soon be 70 years. And he said that as we approach the end, that the working of miracles would come more into prominence. Well, I believe we've come into that time. I believe we've come to that time. God wants to do some miracles. I mean genuine intervention, setting aside of natural laws. Amen. Now, let's look at this. We'll, we'll come back to that, but let's look at this, this other gift of the Spirit, this other power gift. Notice it says to, to, to another faith, to another gifts of healings, to another the working of miracles. Well, what about the gifts of healings? Gifts of healings are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit that, that work to heal people of sickness and disease. It's very focused. Gifts of healings obviously has to do with sickness and disease and the healing of bodily ailments, bodily, physical sickness and physical disease. And we're, we're, we've come into a time where the power of God, God wants his power to be in demonstration. I believe all three of these power gifts that, that, that we're gonna see a, a surge and a resurgence of these power gifts. I have faith in it. I have faith in the power of God. I expect it. Are you expecting it? Are you expecting the power of God in your situation or have you lost your expectation? Come on, it got, everybody was saying amen, then they got quiet. I said, are you expecting it? Amen. Have you lost your expectation? Faith in the power of God expects the power of God. I believe that there will be a strong demonstration of gifts of healings, workings of miracle, working of miracles, and special faith in the days ahead before Jesus returns. I believe we've come to that. We've come to that time. Amen. The difference in gifts of healings and the working of miracles is that healings are restricted. They have to do strictly with sickness and disease. They very often, most often, these gifts, not all the time, but these gifts most often flow through one person to another. Someone ministers to another and the gifts of healing are in manif- gifts of healings are in manifestation and it brings healing to whatever uh, uh, ailment or, or sickness is involved. The working of miracles is broader than that. The working of miracles is a, is a divine setting aside and, and uh, uh, overcoming of natural laws. It can involve healing. It can involve other things. Things where, the, where the, the natural law, absolutely, you cannot experience the answer because natural laws just do not allow it. The working of miracles goes right past that. I mean, it just moved. Jesus, when he came and the disciples were, were shut up together, you know, after he had been crucified and, and uh, they had heard that he had been raised from the dead, they were all together. And the Bible says Jesus just walked right in the room, right, walked right through the walls. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's a miracle. Amen. Yeah. When Jesus raised the dead, that was the working of miracles and gifts of healing. Because the gifts of healings won't raise somebody from the dead. You can't heal dead. Dead is not a disease. 
Dead is dead. You can't heal dead. But by the working of miracles, Jesus raised people from the dead. But if you ever think about it, if without the gifts of healings, raise them from the dead, they'd still be sick with whatever caused them to die. And they just turn around and die again. So you have the working of miracles and gifts of healings all operating together, praise God. Probably special faith as well. And it brought about miracles. It brought about an intervention and a setting aside, an overcoming of natural laws. Glory to God. What God can do. Just think about what God can do. God is... Hallelujah. Go to Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Ah, Lord God. Now here pages turn. I want you to see it. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Isn't it wonderful what you have done? No, that's not what it says. It says there is nothing too hard for you. See, one, one part of that's looking to the past. The last part of that's looking to the future. It's looking to now. Ooh, God. Oh, Lord God, look what you've done. Now I know there's nothing too difficult for you. Glory. Nothing too difficult for you. Yeah. There's nothing too difficult yeah, for God. Nothing. nothing too difficult for God. Nothing too big. Nothing outside the, the realm of what God can do. Amen. And he does it through these gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Through these power gifts. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, I want your faith to be in the power of God. Amen. That's what God's doing. I said, that's what God's doing with us. He's raising our awareness of the power of God. He wants us to believe in it. He wants us to experience it. He wants us to expect it. He wants us to participate in it. He wants us to yield to it. He wants us to, to, to uh, uh, agree with it, flow with it. Amen. He wants us to believe in his power. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.